Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Down to the Nitty Gritty. You're on with Charlotte, and joining me today is Aid, an amazing music festival content creator and blogger based in the US. In this episode, we're going to be getting down to what needs to happen to regain festival goers' confidence to attend music festivals after COVID. So welcome, Aid. I've legit been Hi. following you for like the longest time and like following all your work. I'm so excited to have you on. So thank you for making the time to be here. Yay, thanks for having me here. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> so why don't we start with getting to know you a little bit better. Um, where in the world are you right now? What do you do? And what have you been doing the last few months? Yeah, so I'm Aid. I go by Vibe with Aid. I am a music festival content creator in Austin, Texas right now, originally from Arizona. I started a blog called Vibe with Aid in 2017. I started going to music festivals in 2015. Um, I started the blog mainly just to help people that were going to music festivals for the first time because when I was going to my first music festival, I had no idea what I was doing. So I really wanted to create content for people going to ADC for the first time, Coachella for the first time, all of those big festivals that I had attended. And then it's grown since then into a YouTube channel, Instagram page, TikTok, all that jazz. And so that is what I do on the side. And during the day, I work a full-time job as a digital marketer at a marketing agency here in Austin. So I do that full-time. Um, and what I've been doing the past couple of months, honestly, it's been hard not going to music festivals, but I've been trying to fill that time with doing other stuff like learning how to shuffle. I've been shuffling since 2017, but I've really been able to take the time to like shuffle a lot more and kind of level up that way. And I've also been learning how to DJ, which has been really fun. So I've been teaching myself how to DJ, which is really cool and been really fun to learn that side of the music. And I'm also plant-based. So I've been trying out a lot of new recipes, which has been really fun. <laughs> Amazing. How's the DJing going? Are you finding it difficult? Um, so I started back in April and I can at least do like basic transitions and can go from one song to the next pretty well now. Um, I mainly like doing house music I learned, which wasn't shocking to me at all because <laughs> that's my favorite subgenre. Um, but I've been mixing every day for the month of August. I've been trying to like mix every day just to see what could happen. Cause when I did shuffling every day for a month, I really like saw a difference. Yeah. So yeah. I've been doing that for a month and it's really been helping me learn different things. And I'm hoping to put together my first mix soon. So that'll amazing. Be really oh my God. Yeah. Well, definitely let me know when it's out. And I need to ask yeah. you about the shuffling later. Cause honestly, like. I was say, telling one of my friends, I was like, it's embarrassing that I can't like <laughs> shuffle after going to so many EDM festivals. It's just ridiculous. So I'm going to yeah. have to take your tips because sure. I need to change this. <laughs> I yeah, mean, sure. I guess it's like, it's kind of nice that I really relate to your story, especially like the last few months, not being able to go to music festivals because you get, get into this like routine of going every weekend every other weekend and then all of a sudden it was like this massive void and someone was saying like oh nope sorry we're not doing yeah. this anymore um and you know it's 
filling that gap and trying to find things to kind of keep yourself going during those months. But what's been interesting to me now is also thinking about what's going to happen afterwards. You know, like how are people going to be after all this kind of settles down and events start coming back? And I think one of the main issues that COVID is going to raise for promoters and event organizers is that festival goers might actually be quite worried about going to festivals after all this. So obviously events can't be marketed the same way and a lot of things I think inside the event are going to have to change to help regain mm -hmm. their trust and their confidence in going to events. So before diving into those solutions, I kind of want to like define the challenges with you um, that festival goers are going to face because of COVID. Um, so what in your opinion is going to change about people's behaviors and you know what kind of insecurities and fears do you think COVID is going to bring out of festival goers? Um, I think, well, to start, obviously health. That's the one main yeah. reason why we're here. Um, I think people's health is going to be a huge concern, whether people, um, whether these festivals have health and safety precautions. A lot of people are going to be really curious to know what those precautions are that the festival is taking. Um, I can imagine they're, they'll be curious if like you need to have a vaccine, like if, you, if there's going to be a vaccine, like if you need to get vaccinated before going to these festivals, which is going to be such a very weird thing yeah, to think about. Absolutely. Um, and then another thing, I think from a financial aspect, a lot of festival goers might not even have the means to go right. um, after something like this because um, they might be building their finances back up after this, yeah. after being unemployed and stuff like that. So I think that's also going to be a very big concern and challenge for some festival goers is the cost, especially if it's going to be a festival that's like a socially distanced festival. It might cost a lot more to have that because you might not have as much capacity. So I think that's gonna be something else that might be a challenge too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think also like one of the things that has kind of been raised was festival goers needing to get tests done before going to events. And obviously that's an, an additional cost to attending an event that people wouldn't have had to factor in before. So I think that's gonna be one of the primary concerns, definitely. Um, and obviously, as you were saying or touching on is like, I think festival goers expectations of events and of promoters is going to be so different. So I think for a few months, it's going to be like a toss and turn of festival goers not really knowing what they need from promoters and promoters not really knowing how they can supply the right things to the festival goers to make them come to their events. So I think it's going to be like trial and error, really. Yeah. I think there will be a group of people that are going to be very like down for the first festival. They don't really care, but I think there are going to be other people that are going to be more cautious. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Do you think the majority of people would be afraid to go to a music festival, like from people that you've spoken to or your experiences? Um, I feel like it's going to be half and half from what I've seen. Like I've seen half people that they just don't care. Like they just want festivals back right now. They don't care at what yeah. cost kind of thing. <laughs> and then there's other people like when I went to um, the EDM drive-in here yeah. in San Antonio, I went to that at the end of June and a lot of people had questions about, you know, the level of safeness and like security and like stuff like that. Was it really socially distanced? Like that was the most questions I got was, was it safe? Did you feel safe? Like, 
worry about drinking and driving, like that kind of stuff. Like I got more questions about overall safety. Yeah. Um, in, in general from that event. Yeah. I think one of the, the issues might be actually that people will become too cautious and the demand for safety might reach a point that promoters won't be able to, to satisfy because that's also an additional cost on their part. So they need to kind of weigh out the different options. And if at some point they can't meet what festival goers want and they're not getting enough people in, but they're, they're spending all that much extra money that it might not even make sense to be making it that much more safe or, or secure for them. I, and I think overall for me, it's a balance between keeping people safe and not compromising on the festival experience because you don't want it to turn into a music festival where you feel like you can't do anything, where you can't move around, where you can't dance with people, you know, you can't eat in a certain area or, because the whole point of a festival is that you kind of roam free and you feel, you know, out of society kind of, and you're in a kind of like a dream paradise realm you know like it's meant to feel free and liberating so if you have all these rules that's kind of gonna break that fantasy of a music festival yeah definitely yeah even when I went to the drive-in event it just was like it was cool but it wasn't the same you know what I mean like it just wasn't the same as going to a music festival where you're surrounded by everyone and you have this whole immersive experience and stuff Yeah. yeah especially when you're used to it you know, when you're used to something being a certain way, you go, you turn up, and then for someone to then be like, oh, no, sorry, you can't do all these things anymore. It's weird, yeah. I imagine, because I haven't, like, we haven't had any raves out here or anything remotely close to that, so I haven't yet tested that experience. But I imagine that the first few times I go to a festival, if someone suddenly says to me, oh, no, like, you can't dance with your friends that close, or you can't do this, I'm going to feel a bit alienated I guess it's gonna be weird definitely so you know with all that in mind the next question really is is what needs to happen to regain people's confidence and kind of what needs to make them feel safe again at music events so what do you think promoters can do obviously you know the usual stuff usual suspects hand sanitizer and checking people's body temperature that sort of thing but beyond all that, what other things do you think promoters could do to make people feel safe? Hmm. Yeah, I would say like, obviously the hand sanitizer is gonna be a big thing. Um, (laughs) And like the bathroom situation is another big thing that people are gonna be curious about. Um, Whether it's like having attendees at these bathrooms and they're making sure they're getting like routinely cleaned and stuff like that. Um, I think, it'll be important to know like about if it's going to be like a socially distance event or something like what that looks like. Also, you don't really ever really know what capacity levels are at music festivals. They don't really disclose that, but I feel like that's going to be something that's going to be important to know. Yeah. um, And to share, because if it's going to be some big type of event, you're going to want to know if it's going to be like socially distance or what that's all going to look like. Yeah. Um, at least for me, that's what I would want to yeah. know. Because <laughs> uh, I'm the planner type person, so I would like to know what I'm kind of getting myself into. Yeah. Um, to know if I can feel confident in going, um, to know that stuff beforehand. Definitely. I think for me, one of the big factors would be whether it's indoor or outdoor. Oh, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. because an indoor event for me already, the thought of being stuck inside a confined space and then obviously what you were saying about capacity, I mean, there's always the question of, is it actually that capacity or have you sold more tickets than you're saying or, you know, and if, it, yeah. if that's in a confined space as well, it would just make me feel a bit nervous, I think. And it would probably Definitely. make a lot of people nervous. So I think that that's one of my main concerns, especially in Thailand. It's like, cause we, everything obviously is, anything indoor is with AC and everyone keeps going around saying that COVID can live in like really cold temperatures. So everyone's freaking out over like having events and parties and AC now because they think, oh my God, it's like living in my air conditioning unit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so. a good point, whether it's indoor or outdoor. And I think also like, it'll be little things like the food area and yeah. um, maybe the stage distance. Cause obviously you need to keep your artists safe as well. So I don't know mm -hmm. if like the barrier between the stage and festival goers will have to be, you know, different to how it used to be. Yeah. Just little things like that, I guess. Yeah. 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 And I guess in that case on the opposite side of like the festival workers too. So that's not really for festival goers, but like making sure that the staff is all good as well, because if they're yeah. going to be doing security and, you know, selling yeah. food, selling that kind of stuff. They're going to be close to people as well. Yeah. So, and they could easily pass stuff on. So we'd want to make sure that they're doing something to make sure that the staff is being safe too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even now at the moment, when you go to the supermarket, do you, do people wear gloves or how, how are the exchanges between staff and people happening at the moment? Um, so they're wearing masks, but they, mm -hmm. I don't think they're wearing gloves when I go to okay. the supermarket. The people that are like putting food and items out are wearing gloves, but the people okay. checking out, I don't think have been wearing gloves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, but they've been wearing masks. yeah. So I guess in a festival context, that would be something that, that could be raised and people yeah. serving food might have to take extra precautions but also yeah like you said from their perspective because they're they're going to be socializing with so many people you kind of need to look after yourself as well it's not just about your attendees yeah there might be a lot of plexiglass between yeah stuff. <laughs> that's true we, no. have, we have a lot of plexiglass going on so yeah. there might be something like that when you go get food there's like plexiglass or security might have it or something who knows yeah yeah we have so much of that here and actually it's really funny because even when we go clubbing or to bars because clubs are open here now i mean it's still obviously like there are precautions in place so it's fine but they they all have all this like plastic between the staff and the people in the club. So when you order a drink, they can't actually hear what you're saying because the music's so loud that yeah. it's like bouncing the sound off. So you're like screaming at plastic and this oh person's God. like, I'm sorry, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> so I guess that's going to be another issue at music festivals because obviously they're so yeah. loud. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be like, okay, cool. What do we do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think also one of the things for me that would, if I, you know, think in a few months time, start going to events again, one of the things that would kind of help me feel safe and reassured is community engagement. So 
the more festival posts on social media and the more they have campaigns, you know, kind of just giving you as much information as possible to kind of reassure you that everything's under control, that for me is one of the primary solutions to regaining trust. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if they're communicating to the followers, I think that's super important because if they're not, then it's kind of like, what are you hiding? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, yeah. are we are we going to your festival? Is it still happening? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one of the main questions for me would be, do you think that people would need to see a few events happen before they commit to going to an event themselves? Yeah, I think we'll definitely see that. I think they'll, I think, like I said, there will be the group of people that don't care. They've been in quarantine yeah. forever. They just want to get out. Yeah. But I think like for me, I might, depending on what the event is, I might, stay back <laughs> yeah um, just to kind of see how it plays out that's kind yeah. of how I've always been like with especially like newer festivals or if a festival has changed its location recently yeah or they're implementing something new if there's something off about it I most likely won't go that year oh. just because I want to see how it plays out like yeah. that happened with lightning in a bottle which is yeah. in California they were doing a new venue last year for 2019 and I decided not to go because I didn't know how it was going to play out and right. it was my first time going and I don't want to have to spend all this money to travel to that festival and for something to go wrong. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think there are going to be some people similar to me where they might just wait and see what happens because they don't want to be a part of like the third wave or whatever right. it may be. Um, they just kind of want to see what happens, but depending on how long it's been since that last festival, people might just say, you know, F it and go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think actually a lot of people probably are in that case where they're just going to yeah. wing it and see what happens. I think from on this side in Thailand anyway, because we went into lockdown a week after we just had a festival and as far as we know, there were like maybe 6,000, 7,000 people at this festival. No one got it. So at the back of our minds, we've always had this thing that's like, oh, well, if we can get away with having a festival that size and no one gets it, then who's to say that the next festival, you know, will we'll be fine. You know, yeah. like the odds are actually pretty, pretty good. I mean, that's still quite small. Six to seven thousand is still a small event because I think the ones yeah. in the U.S. are like tens of thousands of people. So it's a, it's a different capacity. <laughs> yeah, I went to Crossed right before lockdown happened and there was only two people that came out of that festival having it, but they mm -hmm. had it going into it. And they didn't oh. know. Yeah. Okay. But no one okay. else I heard, no one else got sick from that, which mm -hmm. is good. But. Yeah, that's no, really good. And if people were actually at the event and had it already, it's amazing that no one else got it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the tricky things about it is that obviously they're saying that a lot of people will have it and not even realize they have it or they're not going to see their symptoms. So I think as a festival goer, it's kind of difficult to to know even yourself if you have it and then you go to an event but you didn't realize you had it, I, 
that you know it just creates so many more complications doesn't it mm -hmm. yeah so with everything else in life i mean we're talking about a new normal and I guess with music festivals, it's going to be the same thing. We are going to have kind of a new festival normal where event promoters are going to have to kind of change the layouts of their festivals or change what's inside them, change the way they promote their events. But I guess also festival goers, like we now play a role in making sure that events can happen safely. And also, you know, we all have to care for each other. And I guess it kind of goes already with the mentality that people have at music festivals. Because when you go to a music festival, you know, I mean, like in the US, you guys have Plur, which is, you know, you're all looking out for each other anyway. Do you kind of feel mm -hmm. like having this new festival no normal will intensify that feeling of needing to look after one another? Yeah, I think so. Especially having gone without festivals for so long, I feel like that energy is definitely going to be there for sure. Um, yeah. Because people are just like missing it so much. Um, especially like just seeing your friends and looking out for your friends, I feel like will be heightened because a lot of us only get a chance to see our friends at these festivals. Yeah. Um, you know, one to two times out of the year. So I feel like it'll be super important. Um, for people and they'll be looking out for one another. Um, mm. So I can imagine that will definitely still be alive and heightened when we go back. Yeah, which is kind of nice. It's like all these festivals are actually gonna serve as little reunions. And mm -hmm. I think especially after such long periods of time, it's, uh, it's gonna be even more special than, than it would be normally, right? Yeah, I feel like people are going to be just like a lot more grateful for it <laughs> now yeah. that we've gone without it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're already saying that here is, you know, I or I've been saying it even that I'm never going to take a festival for granted ever again. Not that I did, but, you know, it's just like little little things like even saying no to going to a festival or saying no to, you know, walking to another stage when you're at a festival. It's just little things like that that you make you think, oh, you know, I could have just been saying yes and being really up for anything and <laughs> not yeah. taking it for granted and just enjoying it a hundred percent. So I think that's definitely gonna, gonna be a new thing when, uh, when festivals come back. Yeah, definitely. And what other things do you think festival goers can do kind of to prepare themselves for, for going back to music festivals? I mean, they can educate themselves, they, you know, you can bring your own hand sanitizer, but what other things do you feel people could implement in their day-to-day -to, -day to kind of keep themselves healthy or to prepare themselves for festivals again? Yeah, I think I was talking to a friend about this, how even I'm going to feel like I'm out of shape going yeah. back to festivals. <laughs> like the thought of even going to just like a one-day festival, I feel like I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. die essentially. But even doing like back-to-back -back festivals again yeah. is going to be really rough. So on my platform, I've always emphasized like taking care of yourself, whether that be um, exercising, not necessarily to look a certain way, but to just feel good and feel mm -hmm. your body function the right way and um, get enough sleep, build up your immunity. All of that plays into each other. And that's how I'm able to go to back-to-back -back festivals. Yeah. And so I think, post-COVID, that's going to be especially just as important because, you know, this virus might not necessarily go away. So yeah. you have to do what you can to really take care of yourself. 
Sure. Um, and also make sure that you're not affecting others too. So I think it'll be super important to just have a balanced, healthy type lifestyle going back. Mm-hmm. That way you don't ruin your um, immunity down. You don't run yourself down yeah. and get yourself more prone to get sick exactly. afterward. Yeah. So I think that's something that's going to be really important to think about. And then of course, leading up to the festival, make sure you like read the entire website. So you're informed of any of their policies or regulations. I, even before Corona, I was reading the entire website up and down just to know what was going on with the festival. Yeah. Like their hours, what, what you can bring to security, what you can't bring right. to security. I imagine they will probably let you bring in hand sanitizer, but it has to be like unopened hand sanitizer, yeah. like usual. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine masks might be required. So making sure that you have a good mask and you have backup masks and stuff like that, because stuff always happens. You could lose True. a mask, you could yeah. rip it, whatever it might be. So kind of having that stuff on hand and then I think also just being aware if there's medics on scene and stuff like that, that way, if something were to go wrong or you weren't feeling well, you could easily go see a medic um, and do what you need to do. And probably wherever you're staying, just know the area surrounding it in case something were to happen where you need to go get taken care of or something. But I think it's going to be a lot more like taking care of yourself and ensuring also your group is doing the same too. Yeah, definitely. Because I think it, you know, it kind of goes back to needing to look after yourself, but also everyone else. And I think part of the responsibility we now have as individuals is making sure that people within our group or you know people that we know at the festival kind of follow that same routine and stay healthy and look after themselves. And you know, it's just it's just being cautious for for everyone at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of the things actually that. I've well one of the positives that I can draw from this from everything that's happened is I just feel as though people have become a lot more conscious of themselves but also conscious of others around them um so you're just a lot more careful of your surroundings and you know your impact on on other people around you and to me that's a good thing it just means that we've we've woken up a little bit to to ourselves and to everyone around us so it's it's good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Just sharing a bit more love around the world, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think that festival goers would play more of a role in feeding ideas to promoters and event organizers on how they can make the environment more safe? Yeah, I think if the festival um, wants that, you know, I think they could definitely try and open it up to more suggestions and stuff on how to make it more safe. Um, I think it would just really be up to the promoters if they're willing to open it up as a discussion and getting that feedback and stuff. Um, Because I'm sure festival goers would be more than happy to submit their opinions. (laughs) We Um, always have something to say. Exactly. So I think it would just be a matter on if the festival promoters are willing to hear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to community engagement. You know, I, as a festival goer, I enjoy knowing that I, that I kind of, my opinion matters or that I can have a say if I need to have a say. So I think it'll be a nice chance also for, for promoters maybe to feel closer to, to their attendees and, and 
yeah, I think it definitely would play a part in kind of regaining their confidence because it makes you feel more safe if you feel like your voice is being heard and it's being respected yeah. and people are listening to you. So I think it's yeah, definitely uh, an important thing. So one of the things I really want to talk to you about is the drive drive through, drive in, drive through, drive through Ray, drive right? In. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, for me, one of the questions I've had is, you know, does the festival landscape or do events need to change in the meantime to kind of regain that confidence? Because obviously like no one wants to go stand in a field with hundreds of thousands of people, that's for sure. So the question is really, do festivals need to downsize? Do they need to change the, you know, their venues or the ways they're doing events to regain that trust? Yeah, I originally was kind of on board with the drive-ins and kind of on board with, you know, adjusting capacity and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you saw in the UK, they just had a festival event where each yeah. little, they had their own little square section and like their own rail and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't a drive-in, but it was like you could stand in that. And I don't know if it's the best solution at this point, especially with the drive in, especially in America right now, because mm -hmm. things are still not settled. Yeah. Um, and at first I was like, wow, this is so great. But if you really think about it, like it's still really not the best solution because of the way that people might mishandle it. Like right. for example, um, if you just go straight to the drive in, you're, you just go straight there. The only contact you might have is going to the bathroom or something mm -hmm. like that. Whereas um, other people, they might get a hotel, they might stop for food, stop for gas, all of these other stops that aren't really minimizing the spread if they potentially have it yeah. or someone else they come into contact has with it. Um, so that has kind of changed my opinion on that because it's still not necessarily helping the ultimate cause of slowing down the spread of right. the event or yeah. this virus. Um, and I don't know if it's still really the best option to really have, or if we should just kind of like wait until we can have something more substantial and have right. those real events back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of the inner conflict I've been having of, should these events still be happening or should they just like be on pause until we can actually get, you know, the real thing back. Right. And yeah. I yeah. had a whole video on my YouTube channel of yeah. the drive-in event. And then also like tips if you're going to a drive-in event, because people are still going to be going to them. So right. they might as well yeah. be as safe be as possible. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I stand on them. I'd rather just have the full thing back. I don't really know if, um, it's smart to be having them right now, but we'll kind of see how things play out um, as we kind of head to the end of this year and beginning of yeah. next year. Yeah, I think it depends a lot on the situation in the country that the event's being hosted in and obviously yeah. the government policies that are in place and kind of people's views on events because we actually just recently, um, and this is super new, uh, it was a drive-in drive, drive -in event, but with tuk-tuks. Have you ever heard of a tuk-tuk? So it's mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's a converted motorbike. So it's a three-wheeled oh. motorbike. So it's like, you've got the scooter on the front and then on the back is kind of a seating area, but you can fit 
I mean, if you really want to fit 10 people in there, you could fit 10. Like, it's kind of a okay. joke out here. So it's a, it's a Thai taxi, basically. And gotcha. what this event did is they were picking people up in different locations, and then you get brought to the event in that tuk-tuk. You kind of hope that it's been sanitized or that it's been cleaned because, you know, that all goes into the, into the event and into wondering whether or not it's safe enough to go. So, and out here that, you know, having a tuk-tuk event was seen as okay. Cause actually we haven't really battled that much with COVID. We've been very lucky. Um, but I guess, you know, when you talk to me about the drive-in event, I was thinking, oh my God, but all this stuff is happening in the US. It's kind of, it's, it's odd, you know, like yeah. there's so much happening all over the country. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The day of that event, Texas basically like shut down bars and they also said no events greater than a hundred oh, and that okay. event was greater than a hundred, but oh. they did a workaround. Like originally we were supposed to have like space outside of our car to like hang out. Right. But then because that went into effect, we had to be in our cars, but mm -hmm. they were pretty lax on it. Like we could be out of our car as long as we had a mask on and we weren't okay. interacting with like the cars next to us. We had like parking spaces yeah. in between our cars. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was the same day that like Texas was deciding to like go back into like stage four and yeah. all of that. <laughs> so it's such a conflicting situation because you're being yeah. allowed into this event and at the same time people can't even go to the restaurant just to get dinner yeah exactly exactly yeah. so it's definitely weird and that's why my opinion has changed on it so much because yeah. at first i was like yeah this is so great yeah and now yeah. i'm kind of just like eh, let's just stay home so that way we can have festivals next year <laughs> yeah yeah and in terms of food and drinks, did you have people coming to your car to bring them to um, you? Or could you leave your car to, to get the stuff? Only, the only thing they had going around was this like Italian ice truck. But oh. otherwise we had food and drinks ourselves. We just brought it okay. ourselves. So you had to, yeah, okay. You could bring your own stuff. Yeah. I heard of some places where it's kind of like a, what is it? Like a door bellhop or something like that where like, yeah you order the food on your phone and then they bring it to your car. Oh. Kind of like how a drive-in like drive movie actually works. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've heard that's how it's been for some of the drive-in festivals, but yeah. that wasn't the case for ours. Yeah. <laughs> and what would happen if you left your car and like went to another car, you know, let's say your friends were like across the car park. Yeah. Would someone try and stop you or would you be allowed to go? Yeah, there was security um, going up and down the rows pretty regularly, I'd okay. say. Like, I think they would come by like every seven minutes or so. Mm -hmm. um, if it's just say like you're just the one person going to another car, might be able to get away with it. But if that car is already full, like yeah. it's five or six people in that car already, then they might notice and tell you to like go back to your car or something. Um, right. And of course, if you're more than one person and you're talking to the other car, or like hanging out near there, they're going to tell you to go back to your car or where yeah. you need to go. Yeah. And if you weren't wearing a mask, they were telling you to put a mask on and stuff. Okay. So they were being pretty strict. It wasn't super relaxed and okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's not drive-in 
raves? Do you think we just have to wait for smaller events to come back and and just be a bit more patient with the process altogether? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of regaining that confidence, do you think a drive-in rave would work better or a small local music event? Um, drive-in event might work better in terms of like confidence because it's more isolated to the car. Yeah, yeah. And did you get a general sense that people felt pretty comfortable when you went to the event? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. I would say they were pretty comfortable there. Like you could have like, especially if you had a truck or a hatchback kind mm -hmm. of thing, you could set up, have like a cute little setup and like oh, make it yeah. all cozy and stuff. So I feel like people really got into it. Mm -hmm. um, and from what I could tell, people had like a really good time and I didn't hear any like bad comments or anything like that. You guys have clubs and bars open again or is that still not? Mm -hmm. No, no. Still no bars were open for like a month i want to say yeah maybe a little over a month and then they closed then them they, down again they closed end of june and i don't know when they're gonna open back up unless you're a restaurant that happens to be a bar yeah you get like a little bit flexibility of that but any of the bars that are just bars they haven't been able to open Mm -hmm. um and any of our like music venues they haven't been able to like have anything mm -hmm. yeah I think for me it's the challenge becomes keeping people safe but also wanting to make sure that that industry survives this because I think a lot of artists and you know the local music scenes they're they're suffering at the moment mm -hmm. and you know, talking about regaining consumer confidence, but also making sure that we we don't lose a whole industry. You know, it's yeah, gonna be definitely. that's gonna be the main challenge, I think, in all of it. Yeah, we've already been seeing some festival or not festival um, venues mm -hmm. like close their doors for good. Wow. Yeah. So we've had interesting to see like which ones make it out and then which ones do come which new ones come out of it yeah yeah i'd hope after you know the storm ends and everything there'd be some new stuff to come yeah oh yeah definitely i mean we've been talking to a few people in bangkok about this and it's always in a cycle you know it's kind of like when you hit an economic crisis it's a similar thing where you have loads of businesses that shut down and then you kind of like it loops around and when the loop closes there's more businesses that open up again because people have had time to to find investment and kind of build their businesses back up so it's going to take time but i think there are some positives to that some positives will come out of this eventually hopefully mm -hmm. but i think part of our role as well as as festival goers or at least just music lovers is to support that yeah in all the ways that we can so you know even in online events i mean you were telling me before that artists can monetize them to mm -hmm. to like so when they're playing because we don't do that here but that's something that i feel you know should be allowed on on all platforms to kind of keep them going during this time yeah yeah there's been a lot of live streams happening and a lot of like fundraisers for artists and mm -hmm. for like 
charities that have to do with live music events, which I think has been really great and um, has been really impactful, I feel like. Yeah. And do you think online events would be a better solution to kind of keep people going and keep them confident about music events instead of actually having events in person? Yeah, they're getting old for some people like me. <laughs> um, but I know a lot of other people have been really appreciating them. Yeah. Um, I go in waves. Like I, I watch a bunch some weekends and then I don't watch any the next weekend. It really just depends for me. Yeah. Um, but I did really enjoy them like the first two months of quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had a whole setup. Which one was it again? I, I remember seeing it on, uh, oh, on Instagram. Electric Forest. That's it. Yeah. You yeah. like decked out your whole apartment. <laughs> Yeah, that was really fun. That's like my favorite festival. So I really wanted to like do something That's for cool. that weekend. Yeah, uh, I, I guess it does. It plays a role in keeping people's spirits up. And it also gives artists an opportunity to or keep them motivated, at least because you can still keep making music and then you keep playing music as well at the same time. But I mean, the monetization is obviously a key a, a key part of that because if you're not making any money from it and it's becoming a struggle then you kind of think like what's the point of doing it mm -hmm. cool well it's been super interesting talking to you about all this i feel like we've uh, we probably should forward all our suggestions to event promoters and organizers yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like okay we've come up with all the solutions now, here's what you need <laughs> exactly no i think it's cool like uh, I definitely agree that it's going to be kind of a toss and turn between event promoters and event goers to kind of work together on making events safe again. Um, and I mean, hopefully it, uh, it doesn't take too long to, to get events back. In America, are there any brands in the festival industry that are already talking about 2021 and kind of like building that, oh, yeah. that momentum? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, every event at this point i think has been moved except for one that i know of that's supposed to happen halloween weekend but mm -hmm. i think that one's gonna get moved um but edc they're already making plans for 2021 um wow. coachella is also in 2021 um we'll see what happens with some of the other ones but those are the two big ones that come to mind because coachella's in april mm -hmm. so we'll see if that's actually gonna happen in april and then yeah. EDC's in May. So wow. EDC just announced like last week or the week before that they're yeah. officially moving to 2021. So yeah. we'll see. Oh, fingers crossed. Honestly, yeah. like, I honestly, I, I've been saying for years, I was like, okay, 2021 is going to be the year that I want to go to the US and do all these festivals. So I'm just like sitting here just praying that yeah. it's going to work out because... I don't know. Well, if everyone applies our solutions, then we'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We got it. Yep. Wear okay. your mask, stay home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the meantime, everyone needs to be safe and look after each other. I think that's going to be the main, main takeaway for sure. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been yeah. amazing. And to everyone listening out there, share this around, give it some love, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So drop us some comments because any solutions that you can share, 
we'd love to hear from you. So uh, yeah, get in touch and I'll see you next time. Bye. Awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bye.